Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Barry podcast. As always, my name is Dad and Barry, and joining me tonight is my lovely wife, Mom and Barry, also known as Heather. Hello. How's everybody doing tonight? We are um, we are approaching the end of January. It's been a long one. It's been dry January for yours truly. Dampuary, I think, for Mom and Barry. Is that what you're calling it? Dampuary. It has been, for the most part, not drinking during the week. Which for the most part is nice, but then sometimes it's not. So that's my goal when we get into January is to drink less during the week. But I gotta say it's been it's been quite boring. <laughs> Looking forward to the weekend, but what for? Why? I mean, especially like just it, it's cold in New York. You literally can't go anywhere, like at all. Um because there's a pandemic. pandemic. There's a pandemic. Not so much you know, you can't even go to work. Like there's just literally nothing breaking up your days now that you are dry. So anyway. Yeah, it's rough. I'm at home 24/7 with with the wife and kids, which is lovely, obviously. But without a little bit of uh, the old alcohol to to dull my senses, <laughs> maybe it's a little bit too much of the wife and kids. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, parenting with chronic illness, as you may or may not know. Mom and Barry here has multiple sclerosis. It is not the only chronic illness. We did hear from some people with a variety of other ones, some of which I'm going to struggle to pronounce. But Mom and Barry actually suggested this topic because you wanted to, sh- to shed some light on it, which is actually one of the reasons you, you joined the uh, social media fray was to kind of be uh, a voice out there for removing some of the stigma from MS and, and dealing with it with an illness like this, correct? Um, a million percent. Like as you know and some of your followers know um for years literally like seven years you were on social media you were doing your blog whatever it was is dad and barry and i was not um maybe even eight and then i finally joined as mom and barry um and part of that reason was you know to give obviously my side of things my thoughts on things the female perspective your side of things i'm very fair Okay, that's fine. I'm not saying you're not fair. You're just not often right. Well, (laughs) but no, you definitely wanted to shed a light on MS. And I will tell a quick story as to why that was important to me. I'd been living with MS for eight years at that time, I think. And um, one of my oldest, dearest friends, through no fault of their own, said to me, so are you having any symptoms from that yet? And it was just gut-wrenching. Like, yeah, I've had symptoms since the minute I was diagnosed. That's even how before. I even found it. Yeah. Huh? If you hadn't had symptoms, you wouldn't have even gotten the diagnosis, yeah, right? But so. people sometimes, I think, I mean, sometimes people do get diagnoses and they are great for years or, you know, I don't know. But it was just hard to realize that not just that person, but that a lot of people, because A, I didn't talk about it because I was trying to be quote unquote regular and keep up with all my friends and what they could do. And as my disease progressed, that was increasingly hard. And I realized that it was such a disservice that, you know, not letting people know what it was like and certainly wanting other people out there, like some of our listeners who suffer from so mis- many different autoimmune diseases or chronic illnesses um, to know that they're not alone because it's it's can be a very lonely place, I think. Sort of the same thing that we try to do with, with ADHD and talking about our son's ADHD is helping to remove the stigma and making it okay to talk about this kind of stuff because a lot of it, you know, people carry this shame and guilt, which isn't really necessary. Um, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is we're heroes, you and I, together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and tonight's episode, uh, we are going to focus. The Lord's work. We are going to focus on some of the challenges, um, some of the questions you've gotten, some uh, some stories from some other people. Um, but before we get into that, and we really start focusing on you and your journey, I do want to talk a little bit about how incredible my skin looks. Now, this isn't me saying this. This is people coming at me all over the place on Instagram, just telling me just how incredible my skin looks. And I think it's because I've been drinking water. That's what they seem to think. I have been drinking a lot of water, which I know makes you very jealous since I'm kind of encroaching on your water game as you've been a water drinker for years. And now suddenly I'm kind of 
really kind of taken over pole position on the water drinking in the house. Um, I probably still drink more water than you. And I don't give True. a shit. I've been telling you for years <laughs> to drink water. It's so bizarre to me. People who like nature's like, oh my God, I'd never think to drink water. I, as you know, no matter what I'm drinking, I constantly have a water bottle next to me. You are Always. constantly screaming at me saying water is my thing. How dare you? And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to improve myself. That's what dry January and my New Year's resolutions that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, our parenting resolution. That's what it's all about. Improving myself, improving my family, improving our relationship. I don't know why it makes you so bitter. You're very bizarre, this, like, joke you're running with. I mean, knock yourself the fuck out. I mean, why wouldn't I want you to look better? How could I look better? 24-7. Can we be honest? So, please, if you could look a little younger and healthier, that'd be fantastic. I'm doing my best. I had that stomach bug at the beginning of the year, right around New Year's. I lost a few pounds. I haven't had any beer since uh, January 2nd. Really just, you know, I'm a whole new person. I'm a brand new person. And come February 1st, I'm going to go right back to who I used to be. Because that's what dry January is all about. <laughs> Putting in the work. Like it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, obviously, um, I'm, I'm making I'm making a couple of jokes because I'm I'm that kind of person. But tonight's a slightly more serious episode than, than normal. It's not going to be without some moments of levity. Nothing makes Mama Berry laugh more um, than I wake, when I make fun of her uh, chronic disease. So we're going to get back to that in a minute. We're going to get into some of the comments and questions, and we will catch you on the other side. Welcome back to the Dadaberry Podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about the challenges of parenting with a chronic illness. Mom and Barry has multiple sclerosis, which we're going to be referring to as MS because I have a hard time saying Do you have a hard time saying it ever? Sclerosis, I find, is tricky. Sclerosis? sclerosis. Yeah, I mean, no, but MS, MS is always what I say, but, you know, sometimes that too is just assuming people know what that is. And many people will be, be like, um, I've heard of it or just clueless anyway so yeah that's what i have we also have a friend we also also have a friend who goes by ms which can sometimes be true when i'm talking to her husband and he's like and i'll say like how's ms or something like that and things can get things can get a little bit tricky anyway before we get into um this topic i just want to remind everybody that you can listen to us on apple spotify anywhere you get your podcast you can see us on youtube if you want um leave individual comments under or comments under those individual episodes Please subscribe and like, especially where you listen to your podcast. Um, leave a review or rating if you like. And um, you can even throw some money at us through Patreon or Anchor. There's a handful of people that do that. We, we thank them very much. We're not going to run through all their names, kind of getting away from that a little bit since it eats into. People want to hear the stuff that I have to say, not necessarily a list of names. Although tonight we're going to be yielding the floor a lot to Mom and Barry, who has a, the firsthand experience um, that I think is going to be interesting to a lot of our to a lot of our listeners. A lot of people, when I posed this question, um, thanked me immediately, and we're just like, "Oh, thank you. This is important. Thank you for sharing." There were a lot of questions and a lot of little anecdotes, and everybody has different situations of their own. And we heard from people who have MS and and who have other chronic illnesses or other similar situations in which some of the same challenges come up. Um, so before we kind of get into some of Mama Berry's story, I wanted to read a little bit of some of those. Jess Ann2783 says that her husband has MS and she found out right after their six-year-old was born. And we found out right after our eldest was born, right? Is that correct? Yeah, he was like four months old. We had already been, you know, looking into it and there's not much you can do with a pregnant woman, like when, as far as testing wise and everything. So um, we kind of had to wait for that. So yeah, he was four months and I will also never forget that day the phone call, where you're standing. It is, I think, for anyone who's ever been diagnosed with something, a moment that just stands still a bit. But yeah, that's what you said. I would say in that moment, there is some relief because so many people go through this long journey of trying to figure out what is wrong, what is wrong, what is wrong with me, and have an answer, even if it's the answer you don't want, is it, there was some relief in it, you know, and at least it's like, okay, but now I can make a plan. 
So um, it's funny. So Mrs. Underscore WD Wilson asked that question. She, she said, what was the process of your diagnosis like? She's been on a journey for a year now, and all signs seemingly are pointing toward MS, but they won't diagnose it until they rule everything else out. She is just left in constant pain, unsure what to do. I remember with you, they were reluctant to, to call it MS for you as well, right? They thought it was some kind of nerve thing. They, they, it was like the, the initial doctor we saw didn't want to cross that bridge. Oh yeah, the initial doctor I saw was a piece of shit. And so the number one thing I would tell anyone who's worried they might have a chronic disease or just worried, feeling like they're not getting a, the medical attention they need, what I've learned the hard way, um, the long way, is to always advocate for yourself. And the first neurologist I went to, um, now yes, I will say one thing. It is a hard process to get diagnosed with MS. Yes, they want to rule out literally everything else. I did all those tests. I did those weird things where they have like heart monitors on your like brain, <laughs> or I guess mm -hmm. not heart monitors, but you know what I mean? Just all <laughs> these crazy tests. Speaking and of bad doctors. Just um, everything that almost seems comical, the amount of blood tests and um, brain tests and uh, everything. And um, the one doctor, he basically is like, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And since my sister had MS, I was at least like, are we sure it's not that? And what he said to me, which was just like the F this, I'm done with you. He's like, you want me to tell you have MS, but I'm not going to do that. And that I just thought was bullshit. Now, first of all, who wants you to tell them they have well, a chronic lifelong disease? Sure, but you did, like you mentioned, you 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 did desperately want answers. You wanted to have something you could treat, that you could name, that you knew what it was, and you could kind of move on from the limbo of uncertainty that you were in. And I also knew that there was something wrong, and yeah. you have to trust your own instincts and your own body. And like things were start slowly starting. And I will say, in my experience for how my MS started was very gradual and over time. Whereas my sister, who was diagnosed with MS, it was boom. She like mm -hmm. lost operation of her legs. She fell down. They went to the emergency room and they were like, oh my God, you have MS. So there was like no question. Um, whereas I'm totally different, same family. Um, and it just, you have to trust your instincts. And so I went and found an awesome doctor who specializes not in just neurology, but actual multiple sclerosis. But still it was a process. Um, where it was being diagnosed as a neuropathy for a while while I was so pregnant. We, we should say that you have, because uh, some people ask, you have relapsing, remitting, not yes. progressive, yes. right? I have. And the other thing I, I really quickly I wanted to say about doctors is your doctor, odds are he's going to be a big part of your life for a while, like, right? So, like, you and I, like, we, our doctor, we know him. <laughs> we, you know, you see him a fair amount, right? So, if you don't like the doctor, we've grown early, old together. <laughs> yeah, see if you can find one because uh, when you have a chronic I was, illness, I was some young thing when I walked in there. But I will say too, like in my case, the last thing about that is obviously advocate for yourself. Usually, it's an MRI. Um, they couldn't even see it on my MRI, and turns out that's because most of my stuff uh, at that point A they f discovered early, which is awesome, and my spine is more affected than my brain. Um, at least initially. And uh, so it took a spinal tap, which, you know, the other nice. doctor wasn't even willing to do. So ask all the questions, find out all you can, and just make sure you're with someone you trust that is going to help give you the answers. And I will say that my doctor, even when he drives me crazy, um, because he's really in high demand and he's just kind of like, I don't know, doctors can be doctors. He's been hanging out with me for like, 12 years. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also the challenge, right? Because these guys see so many people of varying severity, right? And when they see you, to you, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. To him, it may be like you might be on the lower scale. The best so, case he's seen all day, right? Yeah. And it's hard to keep in mind, but just everyone advocate for themselves, no matter what they think is going on get answers and find people who will help you do it. So we heard from, from a bunch of people that have um, MS. There was, there was someone who, whose husband has epilepsy, um, other people with chronic illnesses. Somebody has something called Sjogren's syndrome, which is an autoimmune disease, S-J-O-G-R-E-N. 
Um, yep. she had to, and she had to have her thyroid removed because of cancer. But what's interesting is so many of these diseases have, if not exactly the same symptoms, some of the same repercussions, right? Where the person has an unbelievable amount of exhaustion and fatigue, isn't able to do as much or as much for as long as someone who doesn't have the, the chronic illness might have. And, and the exhaustion obviously is something that's a big part of, of your life. Um, you know, we often talk, you know, one of the reasons I largely took over mornings is because it takes you a little bit longer to kind of wake up. It's a little bit different now since our kids don't have to be up. I don't have to bring them to the school bus, but you getting extra sleep is a big deal. And, you know, eight hours for you isn't quite the same as eight hours for somebody else, right? Like you need more than that, which isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do when you have two kids, especially young ones. Well, yeah. And I mean, as you also know, um, the beautiful, you, you can fatigue um, and being tired, exhaustion, exhaustion and tired isn't necessarily the same, right? Right. You get the fatigue um, a lot of times where you're tired, but I personally have a hard time sleeping. Um, so eight hours is, you know, that's the dream in the first place. A lot of people who have chronic illness, there are things keep literally keeping them up at night. Um, sometimes I'll have spasms yeah. and stuff, you know, really hard to go to sleep, not to mention some of the anxiety and depression that often comes part and parcel with having mm -hmm. a chronic illness that you are forced to live with day in and day out, which we can talk about a little bit too, but like um, sleep is key. And uh, I think a lot of us, from what I see some of these notes so far is, yeah, the fatigue, even when it's not, oh, I want to nap, it's, oh, I have to let my body rest. And so many people dealing with the guilt of feeling that way, um, that really struck me as I was looking over some of these people's stories, just how many people feel exactly the way I feel. Right. Um, well, we wanted to talk about half the, the week. <laughs> we want to talk about the impact of of having MS or having a chronic chronic illness has on a family or has on a parent, and a lot of that guilt is in relation to your relationship with your kids and you know, sometimes being too tired to interact with them the ways that you might want. A lot of people ask how we kind of explain your diagnosis to our kids, which we have to our ten, now 10-year-old, but, you know, not so much aside from incidentally, I don't think yet to um, the hammer, but we'll get around to it. Um, but, you know, like somebody like uh, Cuckoo Jacobs mentioned that her kids care, help care for her now when she's not feeling well. And, you know, so there's the, the negative the guilt aspect, which you have of not necessarily being the mom that you always want to be to be because of their problems with your illness. But at the same time, kids are adapting in ways that maybe we don't even realize and growing up with a little bit more empathy or compassion and being slightly bit of caretakers. Not that you want your kids to be your caretaker, and at least not until you're in diapers when you're when you're 80. Um, but it can right. be I a mean, nice I... side effect. One. How old is their kids? Like, is 10 too early? Because I could use, like, breakfast in bed sometimes. And, and I think <laughs> yeah. that would really help my MS kids, you know? Um, but I remember first mentioning it to maybe Munch when he was, like, six-ish. But I used to do injections at home where Dad and Barry mm -hmm. actually would have to give me shots every day. So, like, there had to be some sort of explanation, right? Um, but over time, yeah. I mean, I wrote an article, as you know, I think, for, like, today parents are today and uh about how there is that unforeseen maybe um compassion that does come along and I'm, i think we're seeing that more and more with munch but also you see moments where like you know it it is it's really hard as you know it's taken me years to even kind of accept the idea of like a lazy Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm the person who has always wanted to get up and go. Ever since Dad and Barry met me, that's who I am. It's like, oh, we're doing something today, that's it. You know, or we're going skiing, we're, we gotta get the 8 a.m. run. Like, mm -hmm. I want to fit all of life I possibly can. And for me, that's, I have. <laughs> for me, that's actually one of the bonuses of her MS <laughs> is that when she's too tired to do something on Sunday, I get that rare lazy Sunday that I'm always desperate for, especially during football season. I would say the last year or two, finally, I have given up on making Sunday a thing. And 
let my body rest. And sometimes though, that rolls over on a Monday and then there's yeah. that guilt, right? And it's always hard. I mean, my kids, as they get older, I will say sometimes they're like, hell yeah, lazy Monday because well, they're getting screens. Let's be honest. They it's know funny. they're getting extra screens that day. Somebody mentioned that. So, uh, Sequoia said she's a single mom with lupus. She's constantly tired and her kids take advantage. Hopefully she doesn't mean that and like her kids are like out, you know, breaking laws and stuff. But Hopefully. our kids definitely know when we're being lazy, regardless of the reason, they get screens. You know, they'll be on those screens until hours until they hear a peep from us, which sometimes, you know, we're happy to let them go. And I'm always trying to tell you to take it easy and cut yourself some slack. Not only does everyone deserve you know, so a lazy day once in a while, but obviously somebody with a chronic illness like yours, it's not your fault, right? You're you're entitled to it, and you you gotta not compounding your stress and your anxiety and your guilt with guilt over what you can and can't do is just just a recipe for disaster. And I'm constantly trying to talk yeah, to you about it. Yeah, I would say easy. like lately I've probably been a little worse at it, but I had gotten to a point where I was pretty good. I think the pandemic and just the laziness that comes part and parcel with it. I mean, it's just everyone's in a shit show right now. And as you remind me all the time, it's like we're just trying to survive. Like, Jesus Christ, it's hard. Um, but I will say that I do think Munch is, he gets it more. And sometimes that's a little sad. Like, it, but for the most part, I think it's going to make him just a better human. Um, and I think that that's great. And I, you know, and I don't, I hope no one is feeling guilty if they didn't get their kids to, I don't know, some fucking playground today or some other bullshit. <laughs> They'll be fine. Because I will say we have had a million movie nights and they're kind of our fates. Mm -hmm. Our kids will grow up and remember that. And you can be resting then. You know me, I'm, I'm a sucker for a movie night, a lazy Sunday and a movie night. Yeah, you're just watching football or some movie from 1989 about, I don't know. That's not like even that. an old movie. I mean, 1989 is not First old. First of all, that's a long time ago. You could have said like 59. I mean, I like classic movies. I do not consider 89 classics. What am I watching? Stare at your phone for six hours and be like, hey, people on Dad and Dairy, ask me some questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. This is this is really not to say I never that, but fair enough. You were coming for me. Um, so VM Rizzy mentions the guilt thing. She says she hates having to admit to her kid that she's just too tired or she's in too much pain to do something. Um, SCS Fun Times mentioned something. She has hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia disorder. Yeah, we're gonna kill that one. HHT for short. Yeah, a chronic vascular disorder that just—it's a lot of fatigue. And it's going to uh, involve complications when she's older. And she said that her kids are used to her being tired and out of breath. And she thinks that the fact that it's normal for them to have a mom who's like that makes her sad. But all you can do is try to make the best out of the situation, which she does. And then she has the guilt of worrying that she may have passed the disease on to them. And I know that every once in a while you have thoughts like that where you're worried that maybe one of our kids might have MS. And Absolutely. I know, but that again, it that's not your fault either. Me. Like, I think about it. I don't know. Like, Munch, in many ways, I realize is made very much like me. Just even little ailments he'll get, or just little things, or mm -hmm. same allergies, crap like that, right? That yeah. make me worry about that. Um, I I have also sighed a breath of relief that men are slightly less likely to get. MS than women, although, you know, there's a couple men even in just in the comments. In these comments, yeah. It. And I've heard that too, of people being like, my husband has MS. So, and unfortunately, I think MS and many autoimmune diseases are growing. Um, and there's no, I mean, there's some interesting studies out there for why they started, but there's no real idea. And there's certainly no cure. I was just going to bring that up, that they don't really know what causes it. I mean, this is, this is like, I mean, put this in the file of like shit some crazy person said about an alien sighting or whatever, but the most interesting thing that's resonated with me that I've read is they do think it's possible it, it could be linked to a strain of um, chicken pox you had as a child, mm -hmm. right? 
which seems random. But there also has to be other factors and environmental factors are definitely like colder weather climates, a million percent. Like it doesn't even exist in some warm cultures, right? Right. So, but me, my sister and my best friend at the time all got the exact same strain of chicken pox, like as a child. Like it's an envi- sounds like an environmental factor potentially, and too, right? Yeah. That friend too, she got MS. Like we're not friends anymore. Right. We rediscovered each other on Facebook. It's like rural Pennsylvania we're talking about, right? Um, but just for like three out of the five people who were interacting at that time, that just seems insane. And I'm still scarred by that chicken pox. <laughs> So that's um, one of the challenges, though, is without them knowing what causes it, you know, that makes you nervous about how potentially handing it down to your kids. It's harder. It's hard. It's hard to diagnose, as we mentioned. Um, and kind of one of the big things and one of the things that you mentioned earlier in terms of like your friends not always knowing, you know, how it's going or if you're feeling it is that it's one of those invisible illnesses where you can seem externally like you know, you're fine. You're, you're not in a wheelchair, although some people obviously from MS and other chronic illnesses can end up that way, but you're not like that. So it doesn't readily, it's not readily apparent to everybody. And the challenge of not only dealing with this stuff, but then having to explain to somebody that you have it or what you're going through, that can't be a lot of fun either. And, and like, it's, it's even, especially when it's your own kids sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's always hard. It's not always harder to tell your kids now. That's not it. Well, when they're young, <laughs> they don't necessarily understand, right? So, like, as they got older, right. it got a little and easier. And especially, like, the hammer, he doesn't know anything right now. Like, we don't right. talk about it with him, really. Mm-hmm. Quite um, dumb. But I'm going to actually mention Milk Free Mama here, who talks about having a chronic illness, and that, in her case, her husband is bipolar. And she said, you know, some t- so sometimes that also means the empathy piece is missing a little bit. And I feel like I have to constantly say I'm feeling unwell. Um, she's like, she takes on more than she can handle, even though he knows I'm unwell. And it's not always visible and therefore doesn't really exist. AKA, I look fine on the outside. So I deal with that. And uh, what are the invisible illnesses? And I feel like people are, we need to strike that from our conversation, our di- dialogue, um, vocabulary, sorry. Like, that's what MS and a lot are considered because you could be in so much pain inside and it you don't see it. Like your nerve endings and stuff, which is not even an easy thing to convey or explain to people, regardless of show. Them. What am I going to do? Be like, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling well. Let me tell you what's happening in my body right now. You know, <laughs> like, so my nerves are, you know, my nervous system is attacking the myelin or my, no, autoimmune system is attacking the myelin on my nervous system. And that's causing, I mean, what do you, right? So boring. Uh, if you don't, <laughs> I know that too. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, it, for I don't know like this person, so milk-free mama, I feel for you, and especially hard when you're dealing with it, with the husband um, who at least, dad and Barry, you know, it. I don't know. Like, I, I'll be, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'd be curious to get your, uh, thoughts on this but like so at any given time me with ms my bottomy bottom can be spasming my extremities can be numb my brain could be completely fogged and like unable to find words like even just hey disclosure full disclosure for something like me doing a podcast i will lose a word in there and be trying to find it so bad and it's so mm-hmm. frustrating especially for someone who like loves the writing, loves words, loves vocabulary, um, something like that will happening. Um, the spasms get me the worst. Uh, you know, there can be people having a hard time just standing uh, in numbness. And, you know, right now I'm actually having a relapse that sucks really fucking hard. Um, and it's causing my eyes going blurry and getting dry. And, like, new symptoms. Issues. That you just never. No, this has not ever happened to me at all. Like I said earlier, a lot of my stuff is more my extremities and my lower body because it's spinal related. And so for my eyes to be attacked all of a sudden. um, But these are things that someone who looks fine Mm -hmm. um, can be going through at any given minute. And, you know, I think that hopefully we can 
like I said, strike that word from our vocabulary and just understand that like it, you don't have to see it for someone to be in pain because there's so many things. That, and that's just what my autoimmune disease does. Autoimmune diseases, if there's anyone listening who doesn't understand what they are, means your immune system is, your immune system is drunk. And it thinks that there's a foreign invader in your body and it's just attacking whatever it's attacking. It could be your liver, autoimmune, like hepatitis. My sister had that. Um, it could be your nervous system, like me. It could be a billion different things. And I know we saw that with some of our comments. And it, it damages them. And it will continue to damage them all through your life. For MS, what I can do is I can take drugs and medications that will hopefully slow down how much damage my body does to me long term yeah as it goes long term but it doesn't stop it and you can't go back i can't get back what i had 10 years ago symptoms have gotten worse and they that's what happens and some people um fare better than others and like so I always have so much love for the autoimmune warriors out there um, and anyone dealing with chronic illness because chronic is a long fucking time to be dealing with all this. So uh, a handful of people did have like curiosity or, or either it would be people who have spouses with a chronic illness or people themselves who are wondering maybe what their own spouses think, right? So a handful yeah. of people asked me as a spouse, but before I get into that, I do want to ask J.C. Painter, J-A-C-I Painter said, how do you, Mom and Barry, handle the guilt when you can't pull your weight? Whether that's, you know, doing stuff around the house or with the kids. But from my perspective, you still kind of do a remarkable job of getting everything done. And this is one of the reasons I'm like, you don't need to feel so guilty when you need a lazy day or when you're not feeling your best or your symptoms are acting up because you still do an absolute shit ton of stuff. And especially with the pandemic, there's not a lot of other stuff to do, right? So you're entitled or, or, you know, you can either be doing some stuff or laying down doing nothing because we can't go anywhere or do anything. I think you're way too hard on yourself. You get a shitload done um, despite, you know, the challenges that you have with old symptoms, new symptoms or whatever. Um, but do you feel like sometimes that like you're not pulling your weight aside from putting things in the dishwasher, which you fucking refuse to do. You just put it in the sink. Just, no, it's no, right no, there. No. Yeah. This is the journey of the dishes in our house. Our kids leave them where where they may. They they just they land where they That's may. True. Um, we come along hours later, infuriated, and pick them up. Dad and Barry often gets angry because they'll find like a cup you knew had milk in it there, and I'll be like, "That milk's gonna go bad. Oh my God, this is the worst thing that's ever I gonna say happen." Three to times me. a day. Yeah. Um, and then he'll put it on the counter directly next to the sink. No, and I'll over put it in the, the fridge without refilling it. Get it? Don't get it twisted. Oh, right, right. The milk cups <laughs> will just put empty cups in the fridge. Literally, does anyone else do this? But besides that, all the other dishes he will put next to the sink on, which is this is lies. Dishwasher. We have a small New York kitchen. There's literally what like three feet of space. And no one fills the dishwasher more than me. Over it. No one fills it better than me. No one fills it more than me. Well, I'm amazing at filling it. Why don't you just do it instead of step one, put it on the counter? Step one could be rinse it and put it in the dishwasher. This is what I'm saying. You don't do. You leave everything in the sink. Whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> no that, this is where the journey continues. It goes from the counter into the sink. Because I need the counter space to, I don't know, cook for you people. Because it's a small counter space, keep in mind, people. And then I'll put it in the sink and be like, fine, you deal with that shit later. But if you dealt with that shit first, it would never end up in the sink. So Hobo, Hobo Alley asks, <laughs> who do you vent to when you're frustrated because of the extra burden you're carrying? you carry when it comes to the extra burden of having to deal with the dishes i usually would vent on instagram i think i'll do a story oh you I'll mean this question photo. for you right and right. yes this question was for me this is about my burden this is we're, we're moving on to the me portion of the broadcast I didn't even, we didn't even get to the answer for the last question for me give me your answer then fine you have a few more minutes what was the question <laughs> 
How do you handle the guilt when you can't pull your weight? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch. Not well. It drives me crazy and I internalize it. And I think, first of all, let's strike, not pull your weight. What, what the hell does that mean? I think you, we should all try to do our best. And sometimes I give myself a lot of grace that I'm doing great. And sometimes I'm an asshole to myself. Yeah. Barry is good at reminding me the days I'm not being an asshole. Huh? I, if anyone's going to be an asshole to you, it's going to be me and the kids. The you kids. do internalize that stuff until like 1230, right when I'm about to fall asleep. When you, when you like to let it fly. <laughs> and then we can talk about it. Then let's then let's have a heart to heart. But on to you because MJ, I will say, you know, I liked that some people asked questions about what it is to be, you know, the significant author of someone who has a chronic illness. Because that is hard. I can only imagine that must be hard as shit. And so when people ask about guilt, I'll feel guilt as in, okay, well, MJ worked a lot today and now he's like doing the dishes or he does he handles laundry which is partially because of my ms it's not a thing that's easy for me to do partially uh, because i love it i love laundry and he also loves I it love and i'll be it. like he's worked all day now he's doing this stuff and this stuff and oh my god i haven't accomplished shit and yes maybe i've ordered groceries online or did something that i've been laying in bed for or helped the hammer through his preschool stuff or like art stuff i don't counting i don't mm -hmm. count the successes you sure. know and i will feel guilty though that it puts more on you so how do you feel <laughs> um most of the time i'm fine you know every once in a while it gets you know i, I try to make sure that when i do get frustrated at stuff it's about the normal marriage stuff um and not about like you know, I'm not going to get mad at the fact that you have MS and be like, this is bullshit. You know, I'm very aware of that. And I, I try to do my best to accommodate that. Sure. I mean, sometimes the same way that you get frustrated at the fact that you have MS, you know, and you can't do the things you want to do. I probably do sometimes, too. Um, but somebody, the hobo alley asked who I vent to when I'm frustrated. Uh, nobody. Um, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll talk to a friend or two. But it's not nobody wants to hear that and I don't I think I do okay I'm not I don't have I've, I've written before I don't really have anxiety I don't get too uh, in the weeds in my own head about um, stuff like that so it's not too much of a burden on me mentally I think that I need to like vent um, I just do my normal bullshit on Instagram and I'll vent about something else and it just makes me feel better just the the action of venting and ranting um, well here's the question though are you ever like see because there's a fine line right um, but like wow I have extra to do today and I'm tired of doing shit. And wow, my wife's been laying on her ass all day. And you're just like, is Ramas bothering her or is she just being a lazy piece of shit? Sure, sometimes. I mean, you can't help but think that stuff, but I know you're not a lazy person. Um, Good, sometimes you can't sucks. help but be like, sometimes you can't help but be like, oh, you know, she's fine. She, you fall prey to the same shit that like, you're like, oh, you know, cause I can usually tell, or you'll tell me when things are particularly bad or whatever. Um, and sometimes it does get frustrating if we're like in the room and you're laying there and I'm in the middle of something and you know, you're on your phone. But again, like most of the stuff I just chalk up to, you know, the same kind of stuff anybody without a chronic illness would do, or sometimes you're just being a lazy piece of shit once in a while, everybody's entitled to that. Um, but our Ingraham asked some, some tough questions where she said, do you ever wish this wasn't your life? Do you regret getting married? Do you ever get exhausted of this life and want to pull away because of how do you, but you can't because how do you leave a wife who's sick? Um, and she says that she carries this immense pressure to always be on and put the makeup on and put the earrings on and look good for her husband um, because she wants to make sure he won't leave her, uh, you know, because she needs to like up her game because she's also chronically ill. And I just think that's lousy. It's an awful situation to be in. I think you need to talk to your husband and try to get some reassurance um, you don't necessarily want somebody to be with you because, you know, they feel guilty. Um, and hopefully that's not the case. That's certainly not the case with, with Mama Barry and I. I don't give a shit if you have MS. You piss me off, I'm out, you know? You deal well, with that. <laughs> Dude, 
<laughs> you can handle the every other weekend situation alone. So I'm yeah, fine. I'm solid. Please, please. Um, but for this person, you know, I mean, obviously, who knows? Um, I, I do not feel the need to put on makeup and earrings. Tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, this many years in, I do not. Although, like, oh, my God, after this pandemic, like, I put on some makeup today. I was like, Jesus, I just want, I want to go places and look nice. I want to do those things. I just want to have an excuse to. And as you know, over the holidays, I was like, that's it. I'm getting dressed up. And Dada Barry's like, I'm going to be in this same hoodie I've been in for nine months. <laughs> I look good in the hoodie. And in my beanie, everybody knows my skin is fucking glowing. So obviously, I'm not getting that pressure. Anyone who is, I think they feel that it could be completely in your head the same way a million things are in my head. And so maybe it is a conversation with your significant other. Yeah. And also, huge fan of therapy and therapist, if that's what anyone who's going through chronic illness needs. I mean, I used to go to one regularly because, like I said at the beginning of this, depression, anxiety. I have both. Like I am, you know, like, I don't know what's certified. <laughs> it's not like I'm just saying this, right? right. Like what's the word? Diagnosed, Diagnosed yeah. anxiety disorder. Uh, they do go hand in hand. And how the hell would they not when on top of the real world right now that we all know is just a fucking burning dumpster fire, um, you're dealing with your chronic illness and also you know like i said at one point in this podcast i'm in the middle of one of my worst relapses i've ever had and it's not been getting better and it's happening during all of this shit like it's it started like november right after the election like through the holidays through an insurrection like you know all these little tiny and things it, it, and it may or may not be related to COVID or, or the long haul COVID from when right? you had that. Oh, yeah. Right. And also, because I'm soups lucky, I got COVID like the minute getting COVID was cool. <laughs> well, you catch everything, right? So like I've mentioned that well, before yeah. in various contexts, you because you, your weakened immune system and some of the drugs you're on to, you know, help stave off some of your yeah. MS symptoms can lower your immune system. So you catch every cold the kids bring home. And you caught COVID before even people were even talking about it. Like you had yeah, it. Yeah, before school was even canceled by like You're three a pioneer. Or four Probably from volunteering at school for all we know. Or yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, because I do have pretty strong immunosuppressants. I go get an injection of twice a year. And um, it's literally meant to like kill off your immune system, basically. So your immune system doesn't get all like rogue on your body. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people with autoimmune disorders have to go through the same thing. So they also have the anxiety if they didn't catch COVID, you know, fingers crossed, um, that most people have stayed healthy, healthy, that, uh, that they could very easily, much more so than other people. And especially over the course of a year when there's been, you know, ebbs and flows of people just not giving a shit in parts of the country. Um, you know, so many people I've heard from being like feeling just completely you know, everyone is like locked up because of this pandemic, but there's a fair amount of people who are not doing that in all honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, you sure know what I mean? There's all of us who are like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been like quarantining for 10 months. And there are some people that are just like, what quarantine? Yeah. And you know what? Fuck those people. Don't tread on me. Fuck you, man. I mean, because you, the amount of sick people and older people that you know just could get sick from going right. out to get yeah. a gallon of milk it's just messed up and so yeah um there's a lot of stress that goes on and so of course and then also stress causes most autoimmune symptoms to flare yeah. and i imagine chronic illnesses to act up and it's just like avoid stress i'll be like well, that's what I, five things with, that's where i come in and i say before. stop being stressed and then you're just like yeah thank you Cause I'm just, I'm just good at it. That's how it works. Or when you're like, you know, oh my God, I'm so anxious. Well, don't be anxious. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Up. So, so um, a couple of things before we go. Um, so a handful of people, we touched on this a little bit, but was asked about, um, you know, Bentini asked if our kids know about the MS, how do we explain it to them? Felsham, our neighbor here in Brooklyn said, how did you start telling the kids? How do they react and stuff? Um, 
I think, you know, from my perspective, you'd be as open, as honest as you can. You don't want to scare them, depending on how young they are. Um, and, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, Detective Munch took it, takes it pretty well. And he understands things and they need to know, especially as they get older, that there are some limitations that, you know, mommy has. And these are the reasons for them. And the more knowledge they have, I think, the better equipped they are to understand it and to deal with it. And I think for us, the way we've approached it is little by little. And I don't even know, MJ, that you even know some of the conversations that happen. With probably don't. Yeah. Happen organically when he and I are together and alone. And then it's just, I now that he's 10, I think I've opened up a lot more, you know. And so um, when he was like five, I remember mentioning it and then slowly explaining, becoming more comfortable when he was like six, seven, especially to be like, I can't and here's why. Instead mm -hmm. of like putting that pressure on myself to just do it anyway, do it right. anyway, do it anyway. It right. was after um, the hammer was born. And I did get worse. My symptoms got worse after the hammer. Um, it definitely has gotten harder after two kids than when I had symptoms for one. Um, and then I had to start being more honest. But like even just like last week, um, Munch was asking a little bit about it and like I was trying to explain it and it, it was somehow it was somehow related to COVID how it came up I don't remember exactly but it actually ended me being like being like okay well here do you know what this nervous system looks like you know and bringing up a computer image of the nervous system and just literally explaining and being like so if my arm is hurting. You see how that like nerve goes there, like because he's you know much more learning about this stuff now, going into detail. So I would say we've been pretty frank and honest overall. Um, and I think it, he's a very empathetic kid. He's got the biggest heart, and it made him sad. Mm -hmm. But I also think he would rather know. Yeah, and understand it a little bit. Yeah, and I think it was good for him to kind of actually have a visualization and like get it a little bit more. So I think sometimes it's hard to know. And he is so sweet sometimes when he knows I doesn't I don't feel well. Oh my God, this kid. Or he hears me crying because life is hard and it's I can't wait out. until I can rope him in and he can do more of like this stuff and help you so I can just head off and go to the casino or whatever. A couple years, maybe. So you mentioned you mentioned one thing that I wanted to close with, right? I yes. want to close with this question from Fuller of KT, who who said she just found my account because she has MS and someone sent me the account because she's starting to talk about having kids. Now, I don't know if they sent it when I posted yeah. this topic or they just knew she was thinking about having kids, so they just sent her the best parenting account in the world. And she went on to it. It's just a coincidence. But she wants to know, is it actually doable? Now, you and I, we have a five-year gap between our two kids. And one of the reasons we had that gap is there was a little bit of uncertainty of if you wanted to have another kid in terms of, you know, how would it impact your body? Um, yeah. Not only that, but how old you will be when the kid is old enough and how the MS might have progressed, you know, by the time he's a teenager or whatever. Right. And it was one of, you know, many, many, many factors um, and I don't want to speak for you, but it was definitely something we considered. You weren't diagnosed until after we had our yes. first son. However, yes. Well, first of all, Fuller of Katie, your um, question struck me from the minute I saw mm -hmm. all of me it. Too. And I'm not branding on it because I've been there and I understand it. Um, but uh, yes, I was diagnosed afterwards. However, um, after the first year. After, yes, my our first kid. However, um, I know this timeline so well in my head because it was 2009. It was a big year for me, good and bad. Um, but I remember the first symptoms coming up when we were in Italy. We were on vacation, pre-kids. And I remember exactly how it kind of started with this numbness in my toe and these feelings that just didn't feel right. And that was like in spring of 2009. And we were, and I was starting to go to that doctor who was being a big piece of shit to me. <laughs> like that we mentioned DM earlier. me for his name so you guys can avoid him. That summer. 
Um, but uh, we were still planning to have kids that year. Like we were trying. We knew like fall of that year. So much, like yeah. we were just going to do it anyway. And I sus- so I had started to suspect it, and I knew something was wrong. But it didn't stop me at that point. That being said, I was not diagnosed. I did not fully understand MS. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my sister had it, I didn't know. Um, the second kid was a lot harder to decide on. Um, and, you know, it depends, I think, how you feel. Like, a, a lot of my doctor definitely, and what you read online is, like, there's no reason you can't get pregnant. Obviously, you can. Um, the really cool thing is that most women during pregnancy go into a remission of some kind or their body is so busy nurturing and stuff. The bad news is sometimes, and it certainly in my case, on the second kid specifically after being done breastfeeding or after being done pregnant, if you're not breastfeeding, when like your regular stuff, you know, period, all that junk returns, um, it can cause a relapse and it did. Um, and that sucked a lot. And I will say with my first kid, it was so easy looking back comparatively, like my symptoms were so much easier than, um, my second kid with a harder pregnancy and my MS has advanced incrementally since I'm still obviously, you know, I'm walking and there's great things, but like, it definitely affected me, not just that, but probably also all the added stress and work and everything of having two kids. So one thing we didn't totally touch on, which I want to mention really quickly is that when you do have a flare or a relapse, a lot of times that resets your baseline, right? Your, your symptoms bounce up a little bit and all of a sudden that's your new kind of normal, um, and you might have new symptoms that arise from that. It just, like you said, incrementally, it changes. And the, there was just a bigger, there was a big difference in your body and everything and how the MS had progressed um, from when we had the first kid to the second. So I would say, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I mean, I don't think that you're going to say it's not doable. You would say it's doable, but it depends on her circumstances, where she's at in her life and with her MS. But, you know, probably the sooner the better in terms of if you're worried the MS is going to progress, the younger you are, the sooner the better, because it just, it does. I mean, within reason. Within reason, yeah. 16 and pregnant here. Yeah, I don't know how old she is. Um, No, I mean, within reason, just when you feel ready. I mean, I, the thing is, is like, even looking back, I knew I would get to this episode without mm-hmm. trying a little. Looking back, what, to before the first or in I think between? just had all of it. Like, there's no way I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I always say. When I, Even though I, I despise my children, I, would, I don't want to not have them, right? I would never go back and get rid of my kids, no matter how annoying they are. And they are unbelievably annoying. <laughs> Wow, I knew I wouldn't get through this without crying. Like I said, I'm going well, to you made it to the end. Emotions are high, and you did it to me, Fuller Katie. But uh, no, I mean, there's no way I would personally change it because they have been my biggest joy. And even if it means some days I can't get out of bed on Sunday quite as much as I used to, I have them to snuggle and hold, and they are in my life. Which is why lately you keep wanting to have another because you because <laughs> the, the five year old is not necessarily snuggling as much as he used to do. And I have said, absolutely not. I am, will not be having I'm not going to lie. Um, that would be the one thing that right now I kind of, I don't struggle with, but like I've thought about more because it's that very news. I've always wanted two kids. I probably would, I think I'm starting to realize. I probably would have been like, no, I think I want one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get a dog. And, and Dad and Barry has been adamantly no. Um, but I think probably if things were different, I would have had one more. And, like things were and different. I will say unequivocally, besides Dad and Barry yes. standing in the way, <laughs> MS is the thing that has stopped me from being able to do that. 
And that's kind of sucky. That and me. The that two biggest roadblocks you know for your what? happiness are MS and I've got nerd. my ways. That could have worked around that. Plus, as you said, you always love the kid once they're here. So just, you know, slip that in there. You'd be like, oops. Let's not, let's not test that theory. We'll get a dog. No, no, no. Okay? We're past we'll that point. Um, you know, but I think that I've heard from people actually even someone else being like, we accidentally had a third, like on my own, um, the mom and Barry page and saying like, oh, we weren't ready for it because it is a lot. Um, or you accidentally have three and it's twins. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> just More to love. Serious money to start supporting that. But there's nothing I would change. I mean, I would change not having MS. That'd yes. be cool. Yeah. But um, since I have no power over that one, I'm so glad that I have the people in my family, the kids um, who are great snugglers, Munch, who is being more and more compassionate every day, Hammer, who makes me laugh my ass off. He's completely clueless about it and doesn't give a shit. And Dad and Barry for always supporting me and being the one to say, like, okay, get out of your own head. You're fine. Yes. You're the, doing the, right. You said depression is made up, I say. Night. I say huh? depression is made up. There's no COVID. What are you talking about? That's the kind of stuff I, I tell yeah, It's all a hoax. Actually, the other day you said something very nice. I don't know if you remember. It was something oh, to the God. effect of, I don't know, a lot of people going through even like a little bit of what you're going through right now wouldn't even be standing because I was guilting myself. Yes, I um, do. And I am having a hard time with this relapse for other chronic illness sufferers out there who know what it's like when you get a flare or a relapse and this data very tried to express that means like shit was like baseline of not great and now it's just bad mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least worse than usual. Um, it's hard to deal with. Um, so I feel for all you guys as you go through this, especially in such a stressful year. I'm sending so much healing thoughts and always welcome to talk. Um, I do have mom and Barry Instagram. And DM her. Huh? You can DM. I'm saying you can DM mom and Barry. She loves this touch um, of stuff. And, you know, just know that you're not alone. Uh, because, and kudos to those moms who are holding up every, and dads. Sorry, all parents. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Dads. Jesus, finally. We're holding up every day. Um, I mean, autoimmune warriors, chronic illness warriors, I know these are silly hashtags that go around, um, but it's fucking true. It is hard. We all make jokes, and I love making all the jokes about the regular things that are hard about having kids, you know, that your kids won't eat your dinner, or the kids won't go to bed, or the kids leave their shit everywhere, or the kids, whatever. We're dealing with that on, it's really probably the least, hard part of our day (laughs) (laughs) but like there's this whole other layer of like pain and fatigue and worry and anxiety and holy shit that's pretty impressive that you put up with kid shit and you carry all that with you every day and i have to put up with you and so i am also i am a warrior a mama berry warrior Really make, making it through. <laughs> going to start that hashtag. Yeah, I'm start that hashtag, Monetary Warrior. So I do want to want to say that, they, you know, that's ultimately the reason we're doing this is to let everyone know they're not alone and that there's a lot of people who go through this and that it's hard for everybody to varying degrees, but it is possible to get through. And, you know, there's a lot of solidarity out there. Um, and, you know, you're... Mommy Barrett impresses me on a daily basis with what she's able to withstand. She mentioned the spinal tap earlier. If I had gotten a spinal tap, I would be <laughs> still crying um, years later. So I know. Um, I mean, you freak out like when you have to have like the slightest needle or something. Okay. Like, okay. They will take this, literally. This isn't about me. Okay. This is about you today. 
So, I think they've taken like 50% of my blood in my lifetime. And <laughs> so big shouts to, to everybody, to Fuller of KT. I'm sure if you wanted to reach out to Mama Barry, um, she would be more than happy to to discuss with you. I mean, honestly, every person on here yes. um, sent messages. I know we couldn't get to all of them. There's so many different chronic illnesses. Thank you for sharing your stories and, and your challenges. Um, and obviously, honey, thank you for... Uh, for opening up and coming on my my podcast we're trying to get the clicks this is the provocative kind of material we need please go no, subscribe please. <laughs> please go subscribe Thanks. and How listen dare you uh via apple spotify anywhere you listen you can throw us a little bit of money um don't go to that doctor we mentioned dm me i'll tell you that the shitty doctor's <laughs> name well, i don't even remember his name i don't even remember he struck from my memory but uh we are we are out there for you to um you know, to say the stuff that maybe you're a little bit nervous to say, whether it's about hating your kids like I do or, you know, dealing with the challenges of a, of a chronic illness with grace and, uh, I don't know. Equally respectable goals in life. Yes, yes. <laughs> Please reach out to us and to Mom and Barry and uh, subscribe and listen. And um, thank tell you, your friends. Thank you, for, thank you for checking this out. Tell your friends, yeah. And tell your kids. The kids okay. listen to this? Don't tell you kids. We swear a lot. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank and you for listening. To my story, and more importantly, sharing all of your stories. They make me feel less alone. Well, uh, we'll see you next week when uh, dry January is over, baby. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye.